Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Hello, welcome to my home. Come on in. So, is like a coffee? Great. Milk? Get the kettle, pop it in. It's always nice to have a coffee together. Fantastic. There you go. Have you ever wondered what the best way to do evangelism is? You know, when we think about evangelists, we often think of you know, that fella coming into town with his great big tent, setting it up in the park, and all the churches working together to run a series of revival meetings where the gospel is proclaimed. Now, for many, many years, this was a very, very successful way to do evangelism. In fact, my wife Kylie and her whole family came to Christ through one of those evangelistic crusades run by Bill Newman in the mid-1980s. But it's probably fair to say that in recent years, uh, it hasn't been quite as effective as it used to be. As a young person growing up in Ballarat, I can remember a church group used to come into the Bridge Mall in Ballarat and they would start to preach in the middle of the mall. A guy would get up and almost angrily berate the people as they went about doing their shopping, yelling out about the judgment of God and if they didn't repent of their sins that they would burn in the eternal fires of hell. I think the biggest impact of that form of evangelism was just to empty out the mall every Saturday morning. Now, as I think about over the years, I've got involved in lots and lots of different forms of evangelism. 
And I've been involved in running youth rallies. I was part of a drama group. I've been in Christian bands, taught RE in schools. I helped run a drop-in centre. All these forms of evangelism, all these forms of witnessing, we're all designed to try to get out there in the most effective way possible and share the love and the grace of Jesus to proclaim the good news of this life-changing, life-giving gospel. And we could go on and on and talk about all kinds of evangelism. What is the most effective form of evangelism? What's the best way to go about sharing our faith, sharing the good news of Jesus? Well, as you think about that, let me put this one out to you. What about using your own home? Using your home as a place of witness. Using your home to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Government restrictions mean that we still cannot meet together on a Sunday for church face to face. And it seems that restrictions prohibiting large gatherings of people are going to remain in place for many, many more weeks to come. We can now get back to inviting family and friends to come into our home and share a meal, to have a cup of coffee together, to have a good old Aussie barbecue in the backyard. And that way we can begin to invite family and friends into our home and use our home as a place of witness, to use our home as an evangelistic tool to love God and to love people. Bible commentator Mark Copeland writes this, I believe a study of the New Testament church shows that their success in both evangelism and in building fellowship was due to their use of the home. As we read through the New Testament, we see so many examples of how the home was used as a mighty tool of evangelism, that homes were used as a place of witness to encourage and to disciple new believers. We see the example of the early church in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. It says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ. We also see the example of Aquila and Priscilla. 1 Corinthians 19, verse 19, it says, Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets in their house. Another example is that of Philemon. And in Philemon, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul addresses that letter like this. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, and to the church that meets in your house. And of course, we've also got the example of the Apostle Paul himself. 
Acts chapter 20, verses 20 to 21. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. And also in Acts 28, verses 30 to 31, it says, For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came in. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. From each of these passages of Scripture, we see very clearly that the house, the home, was used as a mighty tool of witness, a mighty tool of evangelism to continue to share this life-giving, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. We can also look at the example of Jesus. Now we know that Jesus didn't own his own home, but we see so many examples of Jesus regularly going into the homes of other people, eating with them, sharing with them, ministering into those homes. Earlier we had that reading from Luke chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus. We see in that story that Jesus went to the home of Zacchaeus. He shared a meal with him. And as they shared that intimate time of bonding in the home, Zacchaeus's life was transformed forever. In Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus in the home of Mary and Martha, where he ministered in that home. Mark chapter 14, we see Jesus in the home of Simon the leper. That's where the woman came in and anointed Jesus' feet with oil. In Luke chapter 14, we see Jesus in the home of a Pharisee. A very sick man came in and was healed in that home. And in Mark chapter 5, Jesus goes to the home of Jairus, where Jairus's daughter is raised from the dead. Jesus was very comfortable being in the home with other people. And in those homes, Jesus ministered, he taught, he healed. People were set free. They came to faith all within the home. There are a number of advantages of using our home as a place of witness to share the good news about Jesus. Let me briefly share a few of these advantages with you. Firstly, using your home shows openness and acceptance. When we invite someone into our home, what we're communicating is that that person matters. We're communicating, I love you so much that I want to welcome you into my home. I want to welcome you into my family. I want to welcome you into my place, my private place. Author Michael Frost, he writes in his book, Longing for Love, eating is more than simply meeting the needs for sustenance and nourishment. If it was, why would so many people feel self-conscious about eating alone in a restaurant? Why do those who feel alone feel their aloneness more clearly at mealtimes? It is because eating is also about community. 
celebration and solidarity with others. At the very least, it is about sharing. Eating alone will certainly sustain your body, but is never as good as eating with others. So when we combine the welcome into that home, acceptance of inviting someone into your own private place with a meal or an afternoon tea or a good old Aussie barbecue, it ignites a fellowship. It ignites a friendship that can go deeper and deeper. It's such a wonderful way to build friendship and to communicate our love for God and our love for people. The second advantage to using your home as a place of witness is that it encourages intimacy. When we're at church, regular church, we're surrounded by 150 or more people at a service, it's very, very difficult to build any kind of deeper intimacy with anyone. And I often find myself after a service chatting along, talking with someone, and that conversation starts to go deeper and deeper. The person I'm talking with starts to really share a far deeper issues that they're going through. And in those times, I want to be able to really listen. I want to be able to really minister to that person in their place of need. But so often, someone else will then come up and interrupt the conversation, wanting to ask me a question about something. Then someone else will come up and they want to just say, thanks, Andrew, for the sermon you've given uh, that day. Then someone else will come up and interrupt. They want to just let me know about something that's happening in Adventure Club or something else during that week. Now, I'm not saying that those people need to, to stay away. I'm not saying that they're being rude or anything like that. Just trying to draw the point that when we're at church with over 100 other people all swarming around us, it's nearly impossible to develop any deeper kind of intimacy there at church. But when we are in our home, when we are in our home, one-on-one, couple-to-couple, family-to-family, we have an opportunity to allow the conversations, to allow the relationship to go to a far deeper and more intimate place through that deeper, more focused conversation. third advantage of using your home as a place of witness is it allows us, provides and gives quality time. Again, on a Sunday at church, we're on very limited time. Our service goes for about an hour, an hour and 10. There's only so much you can really share in a a 20-minute sermon. And people don't like the sermons going too long. I can still remember one time when I was preaching at my old church in Hobart. I was preaching away and all of a sudden I hear this noise up the back of the church with an older man said way too loud, how much longer is he going to go for? And even when we're sitting out in the hall after church, we're going to be sharing a really interesting conversation, but we've got to get home for lunch. We've got to get home for dinner and get the kids to bed. There's other people who want to clean up and actually lock the church up. We're on limited time of a Sunday at church. But again, when we invite someone into our home, things can go far, far longer. Now, there's been times when 
Kai and I have had people around for a, a meal and we've been together talking and sharing and doing life for five hours. In that time, it gives us plenty of time to go deeper, to strengthen and build those relationships. The fourth advantage of using our home as a place of witness is it shows the real you. Let's be honest. We can all put on our religious mask when we show up to church on a Sunday, put on our nice, big, happy smile. But when we invite someone into our own home, they get to see the real you. They get to see your struggles and your trials. Through that, they can see the difference that our faith makes as we face those difficulties, as we face those trials with Jesus. They get to see how you interact as a family. And through that again, they can see the difference that Jesus makes as his love, as his grace strengthens our family, helps to bind us together in his love. And they get to know about your hobbies and interests. And that's an important part of connecting with people. And again, allowing that relationship to go a little deeper. A number of years ago, I was in the home of a family I'd never met before to plan a funeral. In those times, it's difficult to sort of get the conversation going. But as I looked around their lounge room, I noticed that on the wall was quite a number of bowls certificates. I have no interest in lawn bowls at all. I know almost nothing about it. But as I asked about these bowl certificates on their wall, all of a sudden, We'd had a conversation about lawn bowls that went for nearly an hour. It's an important part of just developing friendship and relationship. It's an important part of going deeper and developing that intimacy with one another. You see, when we invite someone into our home and they see the real you, they no longer just see the going to church of a Sunday person, but they get to see you the Christian, the Christian life of walking with Jesus and living in his love. Using your home, it shows openness and acceptance. Using your home encourages intimacy. Using your home gives quality time. And using your home shows the real you. Your home can be your greatest witnessing tool. Your home can be used to share this life-changing, life-giving gospel of Jesus. Your home can be used to share the love and the grace of our Saviour with your family, your friends, with your loved ones. Your home can be one of the greatest ways to love God and to love people. As we close right now, I want to pray a prayer of blessing and anointing upon your home. So that as you invite your family, your friends into your home, God will use it to really truly touch their lives with his love, with the power of the gospel of our Savior and Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray right now 
for every home that is represented by the people watching today. We thank you and praise you for the home that you have blessed each and every one of us with. We ask that you will use our homes as places of witness that declare the name of Jesus. We pray for every person that comes into our home that they will be touched and impacted. May they experience the difference of a Christian home. May they experience the difference of a Christian family. May they experience the difference of the love of God being expressed in our home. Lord Jesus, bless the conversations that we share. Bless the meals that we eat together. Bless the relationships. Give us opportunity to talk about you, your church, and the wonderful gift of eternal life. Lord, use our home for the glory of Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen.
Your buried body began to breathe Out of the silence The roaring lion Declared the grave has no claim on me Then came the morning That sealed the promise Your buried body Silence, the roaring lion Declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus, yours is the victory Yeah.